0: Ah, can we give them a hand, Jesus? Thank you guys for taking us there. Uh, You know, when we were shut down, uh, the thing I missed the most was corporate worship. I mean, it's just, it's deep and rich, and so uh, I I really appreciate you guys. And I know there's all kinds of limitations still, but I love the fact that we can worship him, uh, even with those, right? Uh, We get to start a new series today that I am beyond excited about. It's called Faces in the Crowd. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the encounters that people had with Jesus, people of all different beliefs, uh, places of life, conditions in life, all these variants, people that had these personal encounters with Jesus and we want to look closely. What can we learn about them, these faces in the crowd? What can we learn about ourselves as we look at them? And really, ultimately, what can we learn about Jesus in these encounters? So I'm excited about this series. Today, we're going to talk about breakthrough. Breakthrough. Now, I love breakthroughs. I love movies about breakthrough. I like it all, but I was thinking about this, and the movie that popped into my mind, that's probably as a young man, and still gets me today, every time I watch it, I still get a little teary, just so you know. Might surprise you, but it's a movie called Rudy. Did you hear all those male voices?
1: Yeah, Rudy,
0: (laughs) exactly. (laughs) There you go, Rudy. You know, it's about an average high school football player who dreams of playing for Notre Dame you know a large college and you at that time the best football program in the land Uh, wait for USC fans to say no right Uh, and he dreams and he journeys toward that and it's full of disappointment discouragement and then he has this breakthrough moment right Uh, where he finally makes it. He finally plays, and they carry him off the field, and it's amazing. He's realized his potential and all that he has available to him and he can do, Uh, and Scott gets the lump in the throat. He's like, go, Rudy, right? I love breakthrough. I think it's why I love my job, because my job, I get a front row seat to spiritual breakthroughs. For 20, almost 25 years, I've got to sit there and watch people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. There's nothing like that. I'm hoping all of you experience that personally, but with others. But there's nothing like that. To watch somebody experience and see all that Jesus has for them. This breakthrough, it's amazing. To find the freedom that Jesus offers, and only Jesus can offer. Now that is something that inspires and motivates you. It just feeds my soul. All the difficult aspects of being a pastor. I mean, imagine if you had a job that every week you had to jump on a stage and everyone had the book you were talking from and decided if they like it or not like what you had to say. (laughs) It's tough, right? But it's these breakthroughs that make it more than worth it. In fact, you get to a place that I will give my life for it. So Jesus, we're going to see Jesus today bring some people into these breakthrough moments. So if you will turn to Luke 5, Luke 5, verse 17. While you're turning there, let me pray for us. Father God, as we engage your word, I pray that you transform our heart. We don't want to just look at it with our eyes, but truly we want to lend a spiritual ear with our heart and ask that you would not leave us the same that we came into engaging your, your word. So I pray you be with me, be with us. This is your time. We offer ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So before I get to Luke 5, 17, just a little bit of a background, just so you know what it goes into this. And it really comes out of the first couple, few chapters of Luke. Uh, Jesus, starting at uh, chapter 4, verse 14, is beginning his public ministry, his earthly ministry, about 30 years old. Uh, he's been baptized by John the Baptist, Is filled with the Holy Spirit, so he's full of the Holy Spirit. He goes and he is tempted, and then he goes up to Galilee, which is in northern Israel, and he begins to teach, heal people, and perform miracles all through the synagogues in Galilee. And what he says in Luke four forty three is, he says, this is the purpose. This is the why that he's doing what he's doing. He says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. So what he's saying is, I am pointing to God's kingdom. I am going to go and bring people to breakthrough moments with the kingdom of God. And what the kingdom of God is, to understand it, it is any place, any person, not just physical, it's spiritual, it's relational, it's emotional, uh, where God is the king, where he is the Lord, he's the ruler, and his work is being done. There's a present kingdom now and a future kingdom in heaven. And we can look back at the past kingdom of God as well in our Old Testament. So he is pointing to the kingdom and bringing people to breakthrough moments, kingdom breakthroughs. And we're going to look at two of those today in Luke 5, starting in verse 17. So let me read, starting in verse 17. And we're going to see the breakthrough for a group of friends here. The first faces that we're going to see in the crowd. And one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Verse 18. And behold some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. So what's happening here is this group of five friends, now, they became aware of Jesus and all that he's teaching and all that he's doing and all that he's capable of. He's capable of healing. And they know that you need to experience him to experience what he offers because they've been hearing about that. And in that group of five friends, there's one of them. That was paralyzed. Now they understood for their friend what that meant to be paralyzed in those times. That you were an outcast. That you were not allowed to the public meetings, to banquets, scriptures tell us. In fact, you were oppressed and you were put out to the city gate where you had to beg and cry out just for your basic needs of survival. In fact, if you go back into Leviticus, you'll see uh, for the crippled, they weren't even allowed to the priesthood. So their future was bleak at best. They were oppressed. They were poor. And they were in need. And these friends knew that for him. But they remember hearing about this Jesus speaking all over Galilee. In fact, this Jesus went back to his hometown in Nazareth, and in the synagogue, he stood up, opened the scroll, and read from the book of Isaiah about God's promised Messiah who would come, and he would heal, and he would lead the oppressed and the poor to liberty, and they knew, that's where our friend needs to be. That's where he needs to be. And so then we come to their breakthrough moment. They grab him on his bed, Matt in your translations probably, and they pick him up, these four men. Now if you've ever had to try to carry somebody when they are Some way not able to move, and um, I don't want to call it dead weight, but you know what I'm speaking of. People are heavy, really heavy, way, way heavier than if they could help you out some. So when you see four men carrying it was a lot of work. They pick him up. They carry him. I don't know how far they carried him, but they knew where Jesus was. He was speaking in Capernaum, and Capernaum is called the city of Jesus. Because it's there that Jesus made his home. In fact, in this place that we're going to see where they're going to, they're going to Peter's house. It's where Jesus lived. Now I've got to give you a little commercial, so stay with me real quick. Many of you heard us talk about Peter's house, uh, a ministry that we're looking to do at North Shore to go into our community and have a daily presence of Jesus. Well, the name Peter's house comes from this because It was Peter's house in Capernaum that Jesus made his home, and he went out to all the communities, right, serving them, healing them, ministering to them. It's exactly what we want to do, right? We want to bring Jesus to the communities, and we're going to create a place that Jesus could use as a port, if you would. You with me? It's why it's called Peter's house, okay? Commercial over, back to the story, okay? So he's in Peter's house. He's at his home. He's teaching. And they carry their friend there. And when they arrive, they go to the front door. They can't get in. There's a crowd packed in tight. No way in. So they come up with a plan. Let's I'm not sure who. It was probably that crazy friend, right? You know that yeah, right. Let's go through the roof. Like, what? I mean, you gotta picture the scene, right? Through the roof? Yeah, let's go through the roof. Okay, I'm not thinking they brought ropes with them, right? So they go up. How did they get a paralyzed man on the roof? It couldn't have been pretty. Let's just say that, right? They get him on the roof. Somehow they've got ropes or something to lower him down. And roofs in that time were made out of palm branches, mud, dirt, and clay tiles. And so Jesus is in the the center of this group Teaching. And all of a sudden, some leaves started falling, I'm guessing, right? Some dirt started coming down. What do you think Jesus did? You think they all just stopped and looked up? Heard the footsteps like, what's going on? Maybe it's like, you know, when a baby cries when you're preaching. You just kind of stay focused because you're good. I want you to stay here. Mom, you don't have to leave. We can preach a little louder if we need to, right? I don't know what Jesus did. But this dirt, everyone else is probably, what's going on? Clay tiles, maybe, I don't know if it was falling on them. They dig through that, which was obviously not in their plan coming in. And they lower him down. They lower him down into his breakthrough moment. It says in verse 20, Jesus saw this group of friends' faith. He saw what was in their hearts what brought them to that roof. What brought them to him, he saw it. And he looked at that man. Looked him in the eye. I'm just imagining that. There's Jesus. Your faith, just interrupt him teaching for one thing, you know. <laughs> Your friends may have to do it. And there you are at the feet of Jesus. And he looks in the eye. He says, son. I love this. Some of the translations say son. I think there's a real uh, affectionate phrase here. Your sins are forgiven. Now, sin's forgiven. We came for healing. But what Jesus did, got to catch this. He met his greatest need. He met his greatest need. He brought him to a, a breakthrough of the kingdom of God. He brought him to access. Mark 1.15 tells us that without forgiveness of sin, without repentance, we can't enter the kingdom of God. So it's amazing what happens. What Jesus is doing is he's looking at him and says, you are granted access into the kingdom of God. Your sins are forgiven. Come be with me. Come be with me. Imagine that. Imagine that moment. As I was looking at this and just saying, okay, Lord, what do you have for us today? And I mean, there's, the list goes on. What was beautiful. I was brought to a reminder of the vision that God placed on our hearts as a church here. Our vision and our mission that we shared with a lot of you Um, in the fall, you've heard it talked about a couple different times. You see that vision lived out in the scriptures right here. So the lesson that we have is really to be reminded that the vision God put on our heart is a vision he's always had for his people. Our vision is to see our communities change through hope and Jesus, one person at a time. These friends, they had vision. They wanted to see their communities changed, didn't they? They believed with all of their heart that Jesus could do it. And they started with one friend and they carried him to Jesus. They went on mission. We see them to get there, they passionately pursued Jesus. You can just feel their passion. They're going to get there. Their hearts, their eyes are on Jesus. They know, they understand that he's the only hope from their friend. They've got to get him to Jesus because they believe that to be true. Jesus saw their fate, And we see them radically love him radically love him and care for him. What they did was uncommon. How many stories do you read in our text of people putting their friends through the roof? Okay, good. This is it. This one. Is it uncommon? Can you deem it radical? Come on. Yes, radical. They radically loved him And they took that love that they had of Jesus, of him, and it was put into action. See, they had sympathy for him. He's paralyzed. That's sad. But it went further. That compassion, that love they had for him, that faith they had in Jesus, took their sympathy for his situation and brought it to empathy. Empathy. His pain became their pain. His pain, their friend's pain, became their pain and therefore became their mission. You with me? They had compassion. They acted. They put it in motion. They would not be denied, would they? Because it hurt too bad for them to understand what their friend would go through, even though they were not going through that themselves. They weren't paralyzed, but you can see how deeply they felt it. Again, it became their pain. Relationally disciple all people. This friend... Met Jesus, eye to eye, face to face. Is that discipleship? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. He got to see Jesus. They brought him to Jesus. He grew in his relationship with Jesus. In this here about disciples is just a beginning for this man. Just a beginning. The breakthrough, he had access. But that started what's going to be more and more breakthroughs. And many we don't even know about. But we know about more right here. As he's sitting at the feet of Jesus in this crowd of people. And he's been given access to the kingdom of God through the forgiveness of sins. There's more breakthroughs coming. It's just the beginning. He's going to be sitting there. And I can't even imagine what this is like. As a conversation with Jesus and the other faces in the crowd is about to spark, if you would. And that goes to the next group that have, has a breakthrough. And that's this group of skeptics that have gathered to listen to Jesus' teaching. Let's read about that beginning in verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisee began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies, who can forgive sins but God alone? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them. Why do you question in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who is paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Verse 25. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, "We have seen extraordinary things today." So these other faces in the crowd that we see a breakthrough happen is the gathered skeptics. These are the people, the Pharisees, religious people of the time, the teachers of the law, analyzing every word of the Old Testament. And they've been hearing about this Jesus going about Galilee and they're going to come up and they're going to have a conversation with him. They want to hear what he's saying. I got this image as they gather in this house that they're sitting there folded arm, you know, kind of like the driver's ed test giver. You know that guy, that woman, remember that person in silence, check, check. Uh Oh, (laughs) right back to the station. But they're just sitting. It's like, and they came from all over, even Jerusalem, right? Really, the center of worship for the Jewish people. I mean, you know, corporate sent the big wigs up to come check this Jesus out. What's going on here? So as they sat there, all of a sudden, he shocked them, <laughs> rocked them on their heels, because he said to this man, your sins are forgiven. Notice it's not sin, singular. It's sins, plural. All of them. Not just your sin of digging through my roof. <laughs> All of your sins. And they're like, who is this? Who is this? Who does he think he is? And I love this. They're thinking this in their heart. This is blasphemy. I don't know if this is good news or bad news for us, but Jesus perceives their thoughts. Uh Uh-oh, right? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. We can sometimes control our tongue or our fingers on the typewriter or keyboard, uh, but boy, our thoughts? Jesus perceived their thoughts. He perceived their thoughts, and he asked them, and this is their breakthrough moment, so that you will understand that the Son of Man, referring to himself, has the authority to forgive sins. All right? That's the issue that they have is authority. You can't do that. He says, just so you know, is it easier for you if I say your sins are forgiven, or if I tell him to rise up and walk? You see, the Jews, 1 Corinthians 1.22, I believe it is, um, need a sign. They demand a sign. That's how they're, they're, they're wired that. They want to see a sign, and Jesus knew that. You see lots of healings and miracles for Jesus to show signs. He says, I know they need a sign, so Jesus says, what's easier? He knows what they're going to say, right? And what he's doing this for, and what he's about to do, he wants to show him that he has authority to grant access to the kingdom of God. I can do that. You want to see my authority? <laughs> this guy's been sitting there the whole time, right? <laughs> right? Rise and walk. What happens? Authority. Authority. Authority to grant access happens. Immediately, I love that. It wasn't those like, whoo, I've been sitting here long. Ah, you know, that's me getting up off sitting on the floor, I barely can stand up. It says immediately he rose, picked up his mat, and all of a sudden, there's room to walk out. If you've ever been in a crowd, a big crowd where it feels like there's no room and something shocking happens, something amazing, all of a sudden people get real small. Right They're not,. Oh. Also this guy just walks out glorifying God, and they're like, "Whoa, because he has authority. Their breakthrough is understanding that he has authority to grant access to the kingdom of God through the forgiveness of sins. He walks on glorifying God. They all are amazed in awe. Of Jesus and start telling everybody, we've seen extraordinary things. They had kingdom breakthrough. And God wants us to have kingdom breakthrough. As we look at these skeptics' stories, what can we learn? I believe as we see Jesus interacting with them, there's some things that we can learn that He wants us to move. In order to have a kingdom breakthrough, you must move move. And the first thing I want to point out is you must move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. What a fixed mindset is, it is I've got it all figured out. I know all the answers. Right? I put a wall around my knowledge and what I understand, done. It comes from a place of pride. A growth mindset says, there's more to learn. There's more to discover. I am open-handed, open-minded, open-hearted to what God has for me. I haven't figured it all out yet. It comes from a place of humility. And if you look at this story, these skeptics, and we know other Pharisees, and teaches the law that this is true, they almost miss the Messiah that they've learned about their entire life when he's sitting right in front of them. That's what a fixed mindset will do. You're going to miss Jesus. Think about it. Your mindset. If Jesus were to come back today and stand right in front of you, would you recognize him or would you miss him? I know how I want to answer, but sometimes I'm afraid of how, what the truth would be in that. We have to have a growth mindset. We have to move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Second thing I want to point out, we have to move from fear to freedom. A fear for them, these skeptics, these teachers of law was Messing up. Oh, no, I messed up. I I, I broke a command. I broke a law. Oh, no, oh, no. And they added to it to make sure they could really get guardrails on all conduct. The focus was on them. But God wants to bring us freedom. He does not want us to focus in on, oh, no, me, I'm messing up. Am I good enough? He said, I want you to focus on me. On Jesus. Because when you do that, you're going to experience everything that He has. He says, We're going to have the fullness of God in us through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to guarantee you something right now your doctrine and your theology will come under perfect alignment if you're truly focused on Jesus. Because He is perfect theology, He is God. And so when we focus in on him, we get to grow into the theology, the doctrines, and those things. Because those things aren't unimportant, just so you know. So don't miss my point here at all. But what happens is we can get stuck. We can get afraid. Okay, I got this little lane figured out. I'm staying here. Said, so now you come on in. Focus on Jesus. I know I experienced this in the first church I worked at. I attended there a while, worked there, I think, around four years, five years. Um, And I loved it. What I loved about them, they loved the Word of God, passionate about the Word of God. But what I noticed in my time there, and I was growing and going to Bible school and all this, is we were so focused on the rules and the precepts that we were legalistic. And almost all of our sermons and our messages were about other Christians and how they didn't have the right theology, didn't have the right doctrine, and didn't behave properly. And then I noticed that we were turning on each other. I'd watch people go after each other because they weren't doing it right. And I watched this. And then God brought me, in, and at that point my mindset didn't change. I've got to be careful time. I can tell the story more full. But I went to another church, my, the next church I worked at up on Orcas Island, um, where there's this place, this intense focus on Jesus and who he was. And it was amazing the freedom that I watched and the depth I've seen people love Jesus versus the law, even I'd call it, quote, unquote, the new covenant law they created. They grew in Jesus. They're pursuing Jesus deeply. They'd ask hard questions about doctrine and theology and then allow Jesus to teach them. And the depth I saw in people and their faith and their practices looked a whole lot more like Jesus than what I saw where I came from. and So Jesus wants us to move from fear, legalism, into freedom of Jesus, empowered by him to be taught, to be trained. Yes, to be standards, people who stand for truth and represent that. But we want to grow because we are forever going to grow until we meet him again. He tells us in Scripture, then our knowledge will be complete. It's not complete here. You with me, and the last thing I want to talk about: we need to move from works to grace. From works to grace. You have to understand how they heard these skeptics. As Jesus said, "Your sins are forgiven." Well, how your sins were forgiven under the structure and God created it, but they added to it was that you had this um, sacrifice, animal sacrifice, temple observance, these travels, and all these things that you had to do. It was this whole process of getting to the place of forgiveness. Now, it's always with God been about the heart and a focus on Him. Like all things, man made it about them. But that's what they knew, this whole process of forgiveness of sins. And there this person sits, and says with one, just a statement, your sins are forgiven. Wait, no, the priest has to go in. We've got to go find an unblemished animal. We've got to get the right date on the calendar to do this. You can't just say this. Guess what? Yes, he can, because he has authority to give us access And so he wants us to move from this works-based to grace-based. Because we are not saved. We don't come into his kingdom by works. It's through faith and grace that he gives us. And he says in Matthew 11 that we get to walk into rest when we walk into his kingdom. That's what he wants to give us. He has done the work for us. And we get to step in that, and out of praise and glory to Him, we get to serve Him, not out of burden and hope we get it right, but we get to point to a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want to leave you with just a couple things to think about in response. The first thing is, if you want kingdom breakthrough, you have to seek His kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, if you read that, He calls us to seek His kingdom first, we're given the Lord's prayer. He teaches his disciples that you need to pray for kingdom breakthrough. His will done on earth that is in heaven. He wants us to pray that. Are you seeking kingdom breakthrough? Are you in a place that you're open to kingdom breakthrough? God wants to move you to a place that you can have that. Whether it's the very first time you've Meet him and he says, I want to give you forgiveness of sins. Come to me in faith. Or you've been a Christian a long time like me and you've kind of built quite a little brick house of your beliefs and your structure. And he almost took a place where he can't come in anymore. You might not to knock those walls down. Say, Jesus, you come here. You sit here. You teach me and I'm going to listen. And I'm going to step into your kingdom breakthrough. The second thing I want you to think about is to share the kingdom. Out of the love and compassion he pours into us, he wants us to pour into other people. So I'm going to ask you, in your world, as you look around, whether it's a a person you know or a group of people, who is God asking you to carry to Jesus? Who is God asking you to carry to Jesus? What hurdles are in the way it might be a heavy load. It might feel impossible to get there. But we have a beautiful example and a calling to pick that man up and carry him to Jesus. So, who is God asking you to carry to Jesus now? I want you to think about these things. As we close the service uh, and just an, a, a praise and prayer, be a kingdom seeker, seek breakthrough. But share Kingdom Breakthrough with other people. Nor, sure I love you and I'm excited for the future because this will be a place that we see Jesus and we see breakthrough. God bless you. You guys take it there?